All right, you ready to do this? Yeah. Okay, I got an intro. Okay, sweet. Spoiler alert! Here is this week's show show with Sweets and Slaney. Is that all right? That's okay. I'm good. Would you prefer a, a, a stationary stool? No, th- th- this is actually perfect. Okay, cool. It's actually very comfortable. Uh, what I was going to say is that Stephen King is like considered one of the great contemporary storytellers ever, mm-hmm. uh, or at least of this century or whatever. Um, but he's also like a drugstore author. So like mm-hmm. he's clearly had mass success. He's written 50 novels and every single one of them is a bestseller. So he must be digestible. Whereas Foster Wallace is obviously not everybody's cup of tea. Right. Did you see um, that thing on Reddit a little while ago about uh, the table? It was a like, little comic, not a comic, but maybe a story turned into a comic by Stephen King. No. And uh, it was basically just about how his whole life he dreamed of having this big table that he could write at, this big office. And yes. You did see that? Yes. I liked it. Yeah, me too. It's basically like once he finally became famous and got this huge table it like ruined his life and he was a drunk mess and then realized that all he wanted was the tiny table that he yeah i the same thing can be said for comedy which we'll talk about at more depth later Mm -hmm. just about how jerry seinfeld has talked about how success is the enemy of comedy yeah Uh, and i've thought that in reading this this stephen king book it's i mean it's set in the late 50s early mm-hmm. 60s and he just does and he's written a lot of books that are kind of set around there but okay he, wait so describe for me and the audience so it's what's it called 1122 the book the book is called 112263 and it it's was made into a show last year an eight-part miniseries starring james franco right which did very well the book yeah. came out in 2011 it's a sci-fi uh, well, the it, book only came out in 2011 so yeah. it's like relatively new yeah it's one of his more recent ones but it's considered cool. like one of his one of his best works in many years cool like it's on the same level as carrie and misery and sure those classics of his um it's quite an opus it's over a thousand pages i don't know what's with me taking on these these mammoth reading projects but um yeah it's a science fiction story about a about an english teacher who uh works summers uh getting adults their geds and Mm -hmm. he frequents this diner up the road where almost no one else goes he's like the only regular customer right. and he kind of befriends the guy who works in the diner and what we come to learn almost immediately i couldn't believe how quickly he got moving with this story is that the pantry in this diner is a time machine oh cool and so he uh he goes back in time and uh, apparently you know based on the title eleven twenty two sixty three, he's going to become obsessed with the kennedy assassination um which is not a thing I know a whole lot about. Like I know that it's one of the more oft theorized events in American history. Mm-hmm. Um, but considering how much the the Oval Office is part of our modern discussion, it might be kind of an interesting thing to to learn about in a fictitious setting. What I was going to say before is that for a guy who has a net worth of four hundred and fifty million dollars, yeah, it's amazing to me how accurately he can depict modesty. You know, he's just talking about a grimy little kitchen diner and it's just a perfectly well, I think picture. He, I think he lives pretty modestly for Maybe. like, you know, I, I think he's got a nice house in Maine, probably like an old like Victorian style house. Right. But goes to these places, goes to those little cafes and mm-hmm. restaurants and, you know, doesn't like to be bugged and goes to a Red Sox game and like 
puts his hat down, you know. I've often thought that when I've seen when I've seen like really massive houses, like and maybe it's, it's just a thing I can't possibly imagine because I don't know what it's like to be unconscionably rich. But if I had all the money in the world, if I had more money than I could spend, I still don't think my house would be that big. Yeah. Like it would be beautiful. It would sure. be really nice, and right. it would have sweet gear. Yeah, but it wouldn't be enormous. Yeah, I I don't think you you need that. Have you ever been to any of the like like lottery homes in your life? Yeah, I, Becky and I go every and, time they have. And one. sometimes they're really nice. Sometimes you're like, you know what? I could I could see that, but other times it's just like, what the hell would I do with all this space? It's like, yeah. like I I would just invite like put beds in random rooms and tell friends that. Okay, this is your room. It's so this funny you say that because room. I think unknowingly I go into those uh, those house tours and I'm like, how would a party go in here? Like, I guess I would have a party here and this yeah. is where people would hang out. I've never thrown a party in my life. <laughs> and don't you think it would get like very diffused unless you invited like 200 people? Yeah. You know, it's uh, where is everyone? Well, half of them are upstairs, half of them are downstairs. Yeah. Uh, and that's everyone, I guess, because I just said halves. But like, if a third, <laughs> a third of them are hanging around the rooms. No, I totally agree. I don't, I don't know what I would do with with that much space, as nice as they are. Yeah. Um. So Stephen King is a little bit more grounded in reality, probably. Although he has four hundred fifty million dollars. I forget who I saw on a talk show. Is unfortunate because it was very recent. But somebody was on Fallon telling a story about having met Stephen King. Who was it? Somebody very famous. I, I'm sorry, I don't know who it was, but sure. somebody very famous was on Jimmy Fallon telling a story about having been on a movie set and Stephen King turned up and they got talking to Stephen King and Stephen King said, um, what are you guys doing right now? Do you feel like going to a movie? <laughs> and <laughs> um, and so they were like, yeah, let's, okay, <laughs> let's go to sure. a movie with Stephen King. And so naturally they went to like the latest horror movie, okay. like some really scary movie that was in theaters. And he said it was fascinating to watch Stephen King watch a horror movie and a good one. Cause like every time somebody got brutally murdered, Stephen King would like celebrate. Oh, <laughs> really? Like, nice. <laughs> like he just loved the, he loved the gruesomeness of a scary thing. Wow. See, I was picturing him potentially like hiding behind his hands and being like, oh, <laughs> Like, really not ready for it for some reason. Yeah, I don't know. Like, a thing I'm nervous about in this book is that I'm enjoying it so much mm-hmm. for having only been reading it for a day and a half. And I'm generally a slow reader. Um, but I'm enjoying it so much already, I'm scared that it's going to get scary. And we know I don't really handle scary very well. Right. But it's not supposed to. Like, I, I looked up the Wikipedia page, and it's called a sci-fi. It's called an adventure book. It's occasionally mm-hmm. referred to as a thriller. Right. But it's never called a horror. No. I think he's he's got his title for horrors, but I don't necessarily think that every single book he's done has been like exclusively horror. Well, um, the Shawshank Redemption. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Is uh, I've read some of the Shawshank Redemption. It's not a very long book. In fact, I'm not even sure you could classify it as a book. What does he think about the movie? Has he? Uh, he's. Uh, it's one of those cases where he says this is as good, if not better, than the thing I made up. Right. Um. But it's pretty true to the the story as well. Really, the, the story is called Rita Hayworth and the Shawshank Redemption, right. um, and it's and it was actually the first Stephen King thing I read. I didn't read all of it. I just like found a PDF online one day okay. and I just kind of skimmed through it. Um, and I remember thinking then, like, this is beautiful. This is like so well written, but not scary because we know the Shawshank. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stand by Me is another great movie. I have not right. read, I've not read the short story, but it's not scary. There's no. a dead body in it, but it's not scary. No. It's a, 
It's a humanity story. And I guess that's kind of the whole point of his stories, right? Yeah. Humanity? Yeah. I don't remember Stand By Me at all. I need to watch that again. Oh, dude, we might have talked really, about this. Really great movie. Yeah. And it takes place in the 50s. Uh, speaking of time travel, I watched the uh, show that your parents somewhat recommended through you. Should we save was... it for a proper episode of the show show? Sure. I mean, okay. yeah. I mean, I can still, I think I can still say what the show is. Yeah, of course. Of course. Uh, I just which... don't want to hash it out. No, sure. It's called Making History. It's hmm. got Adam Pally in it, who is also in the Mindy Project and... Uh, that what was that show with happy Fox? endings happy endings that was a funny show that was a funny show for sure this he was like, really good in it too like kind of a fringe comedy that it's I kind would, of a kind of a fringe comedy it's something that like grade nine matt would really really like <laughs> <laughs> like it would be my favorite show as grade nine map and and watching it as 27 year old matt i kind of liked it i was like yeah okay well Exactly, and for the theme of this podcast, the stuff you like when you're 14, you can still like when you're 27. 100%. So is Mindy Project wrapping up? I I don't know. I think I hear every year that it's supposed to be wrapping up, but yeah. Jen's always got another season going. Like, they're releasing new episodes every week, I think. Yeah, I think it still has a following. It stopped being entertaining to me. Yeah? Well, no, there's, once there's, she had a baby and everything, like they you, really you, went into that too fast. You know what's funny? Yeah, they definitely did. And it's funny because sometimes the they're just like, oh, the baby's with Danny for a couple weeks. That's and easy. then it just focuses on, yeah. So they're not together on the show anymore. No, which is kind of weird. I don't know if his like film career just got in the way, but he's still on sometimes. Yeah, maybe. Anyway, he's a, they've definitely a busy character actor. Yeah, they've done a couple, uh, a couple cool videos or a couple cool episodes where like in one episode it was like a groundhog day thing mm -hmm. which for the sake of it being done a bunch of times was still very funny okay and uh another one where she woke up a white man <laughs> and so the whole episode is like her thoughts but who like, played her you know what i forget his name he's he's another like moderately famous character actor that you definitely like timothy recognize. oliphant or one of those guys yeah not quite as famous as timothy oliphant okay. but like around that level like maybe a couple pegs down all right i would yeah. recognize him though yeah i think so it's i recognize show, him it's a show that i could watch but i just i just started going uh yeah you know what i wanted to say and i thought of this after you left here last week we had done the show about love the netflix show with yep. gillian jacobs and i wish i had said this on the podcast last week i think the best thing i can say about her performance in that show mm -hmm. is that you completely forget about britta right. when you watch her in that show yeah that's true she's a totally different character and it's funny that she's like still you know she's not like playing an australian person or anything right. you can still she's still using like certain affectations and expressions that she's seem still kind like of natural contemptuous and still yeah. kind of snooty and yeah like, it, it seems kind of natural yep but like completely different character when you see her in interviews she's not like that at all she's like a little sweetheart right she went to juilliard she's juilliard trained you told me that which is very interesting yeah did she, you finish watching that second season no i'm like three episodes in right now oh okay so you haven't even seen any of the kind of dark stuff yet well no the i mushrooms guess, episode is where it's like what the fuck that was the episode that i saw okay that was the, the most recent episode that i saw yeah so like i said i've been watching this show as well called um the missing right and it's very kind of different throwing, kind of show it's very different kind of show <laughs> i'd recommend anyone to watch it but yep. but uh it was just one of those shows that it was a mystery, so it pulled you in mm -hmm. for like, you know, the eight episodes that we had. 
So we kind of put everything aside while we just decided to stream that because yeah. Jen was like, I want a new series. And I said, I'm on it. Well, you could probably, you told me a little bit about what happens in this show earlier. And I yeah. think you could probably use some levity now. I can definitely use some levity now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so it was actually great to watch the stand up specials. Yeah, of course. Mm -hmm. Uh, what did you think of that Mushrooms episode just before we get off? Of oh, that? I thought it was awesome. Me too, but it was kind of fucking crazy. I thought it was awesome. And and here's the thing. I think you've amped it up a little bit for me to think that stuff's going to get way darker than it actually gets at this point. Because watching that episode, I was kind of like, oh, that's, that's a bit weird. Mm. But when you were like, Randy gets kind of fucked in it. Yeah. Well, um, what I said was that the birdie storyline gets kind of fucked right yeah. yeah and i'm still kind of so i'm still assuming that it goes way crazier than it doesn't even go that like way crazier but it persists yeah and it makes you pretty uncomfortable by the end right. of the season well yeah when he's when randy is just lying in bed and he's like i could kill you though like i'll just i'll drown you Crush you gotta head. be quiet yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like gouge your eyes out i know i know it's, but it's it's one of those shows that nothing i don't know that necessarily anything's going to happen in it like i don't know i i mean i guess they got them together really fast which is important i guess because it's the show is really just about them with some supporting characters yeah but they're gonna break up a couple of times throughout this show mm -hmm. do, they, do they work towards these two getting married is that how the show ends i have no idea like i said i wonder if if it's supposed to be about paul rust and his wife's it is real... I've, I've since found out oh really yeah i, I think it's embellished and i think the guy I saw interviewing Paul Rust about it basically said, I know your wife. And she's not exactly like that. And he said, no, like pretty soon once you start producing a show, you could have had an idea for a character, but the character then becomes property of that actor. Right. And Gillian has turned it into something more uh, different from my wife. But sure. yeah, that was the original model. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I'm excited to watch the rest of it, but I've also like, you know, I'm, I'm doing a, a pretty like, Americans is on mm -hmm. and billions I've been watching and the second season of billions is better than the first. And, okay. um, this is just season two of billions now. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's easy to catch up on. Yeah. And you want to know what's the weirdest thing that I didn't think would hook me, but I think that's where I'm most interested is they, um, they put in a kind of like, not transgender, uh, non-identifying, non-gender identifying her on character. Ellen. Yeah, she, or they were, were on Ellen. Uh, is and is that how they prefer to be addressed, like in real life? They too? or them? Yeah. Oh wow. Okay, so that's basically a, a them actor playing and, a them character. Exactly. In fact, they learned the 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 name for that particular sexual identity mm -hmm. or gender identity. Yeah. Um, from the script. From the pilot script. Really? Like, they looked at it and they were like, oh, this is me. I guess this is what I'm called. Right. Um, which is, I guess, gender nonconforming. Okay. Um, gender nonconforming. Very interesting person. Very open to talking about it. And I, I feel compelled to say she because it's clear the biology. Um, they said almost every day somebody will accidentally say she or her right and they said i feel so weird saying that i know um, you gotta change up your pronoun game not, not weird it's just uh, it's just unusual um they said without fail you can tell the difference between somebody who just slipped up and somebody who meant it to be 
uh, difficult or obstinate. Right. Like I just did, you know, accidentally. Sure. Oh, no, I could tell it was pretty hate-filled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was just like grinding an axe while, yeah. while I said it. But d- d- did you recognize the line that I said? You got to switch up your whole pronoun game. What is that from? It's from the second Chappelle show, or second oh. Chappelle stand-up special. Man, no. I'm not, I'm not ready to switch up my whole pronoun game for this. No, I must have missed that uh, line. Okay. Anyways, we can get to that after. But but so she was on Ellen. God damn it. It's, I know, it's fine. Uh, so they're on Ellen, and yeah. it must have been a pretty interesting interview. Well, it was, and Ellen made the point that, like, she says, just because I'm gay, people think that, like, I'm totally up on all of this. Right. She says, but it's changing so fast. Yeah. That I have to ask questions too, which is a great point. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's the thing that people want to hear. It's much less, um, it's much easier to, to learn about if you don't feel right out the gate like you've already pissed somebody off. Right. Um, so it's like a dicey thing. Mm-hmm. I remember like, I've ta- I've, I don't really do breaks about this kind of stuff on the radio, but if ever there's been like a, like a real hot topic, you always have to preface it by like, no, listen. I'm on the right side of history and my politics are this and this and this. I might say something wrong. I don't mean to, but, and then you tell the story. Right. And you don't want to have to do that because it should be understood. It should be default that you're not, um, vicious. A villain. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But it's not, unfortunately. Yeah. In some people's eyes. Right. And I think you're also getting to it. Yeah. It's, it's hard for everyone to be up on everything all the time. And I think that even the people running the communities like you know people that are on the board of pride and stuff yeah get more complaints than anyone else oh, because sure. it's their community that they're supposed to be catering to and they're like i mean we've already done lgbtq plus like fml mlio like right. there's so many things we're trying to <laughs> we're literally trying to be all things to all people yeah yeah, well, and, and I that's remember hard for an organization to do. Like when when Bruce Jenner came out as Caitlyn Jenner, mm. there was like a discussion in the office. I don't know if you were in the room. Uh, it was a while ago, obviously. Uh, there was a discussion in the office where I referred to Caitlyn as Bruce, past tense. Like we had been discussing it, and I had said Caitlyn a bunch, and then I said, you know, back when when Bruce Jenner and somebody we work with <sighs> cut me off and was like Caitlyn. And I'm like, can you let me finish my point <laughs> yeah. before you accuse me of being a bigot, right. like a like a hate-filled bigot? <laughs> sure. So there are a, there are a lot of social justice warriors who almost like to speak for people who could speak for themselves. Yeah. And as as we're seeing, as the rise of social justice warriors happens, there's also the complete opposite side of like Trumpy bigotry. Well, it's, it's weird that it's yeah. happening at the same time. It's except it's not that weird. Like, well, there's a president that's willing to, you know, step outside the lines, and <laughs> I'm I'm almost like describing him more heroically, and that's not yeah, what I mean to you do. You don't have to hold back. <laughs> like, you know, there's kind of a a, a president who misspeaks all the time, not yeah. intentionally, and doesn't apologize, and doesn't apologize. Right. And that's who Americans voted in, and they're pumped about it. Right. Some are. Yeah. Well, yeah, you're right. I, I shouldn't say that they're pumped about it, yeah. because I think a lot of them are kind of like, eh, we made a mistake. Well, and then there are there's the vast majority that never wanted him to be president. Right. Um, yeah, it, it's like, I think it's kind of like an 
ad hoc ergo proctor hoc thing like one is really intense right now and happens to be in charge in the oval office mm-hmm. so all of the other people who always secretly were bigots now feel like they can openly be bigots oh i can if the president feels that way right. i can say how i feel and then all of the more liberal-minded, and in fact, in many cases, SJWs, mm-hmm. are having to fight back even louder right. and more fiercely, and in some cases, that becomes obnoxious. Yeah. So, it's tough. It'll be interesting in like a year from now to see if Stephen Colbert's sudden tremendous success in the ratings right. is starting We haven't talked to... about that at all. No, we haven't. Seven weeks in a row, as of today, he's won the week. We meant to... I meant to bring that up last week. Because yeah. I was kind of catching on to the fact that Colbert is now killing it. Killing and is it because he's focusing on... Tra- like, I haven't seen a full episode of Colbert yet at all. So I haven't That's seen any of the bad. And Why? I haven't seen any of the you good. You love Colbert. I know, I do. I just... I have no idea why I didn't... I like, I never watched that much Letterman. I just, like, I don't... I think CBS in general. <laughs> I'm like, man, I could... They have Big Bang Theory, so you can't forgive them. Yeah, it's, it's, it's in a weird way. I think that subconsciously that's what's happening. There was an Ask Reddit today uh, on the front page that said, what is a subject you could talk about endlessly? Right. And I didn't write this, but whenever I've seen that question on Reddit, my mm-hmm. the first answer that pops to my head is late night television history. Like yeah. I, I could talk about late night talk show hosts. You could go on and on forever and ever and ever. So I guess I'm just fascinated by the medium. So what is it that Colbert's been doing lately that I mean is making the rating shoot up? Is just, it just because we're in such a uh, tumultuous time? And, absolutely. And Jimmy Fallon patted that person on the head. I mean, why why was John Stewart such a folk hero? Right. Because there happened to be such such accessible material but to here's George the W. Thing, Bush. It's so was Colbert. <laughs> But Colbert was successful too. Yeah. And then he kind of coasted through the Obama years. He's still good. Sure, yeah. But we had faith in him. We we already knew what he was capable of. Yeah. The problem is, if you haven't proven yourself, people won't necessarily give you the benefit of the doubt for very long. Like Stephen Colbert, he's been doing the show for two years now, mm-hmm. maybe. Mm-hmm. Um and at first, people were like, okay. But within six months, they were like, this is too weird. I don't get it. It doesn't, I, I'm not, it's not selling me. I'm not convinced he's comfortable. Right. And people recoil. And it wouldn't have surprised me if CBS pulled like the, the rug out really fast. I'm so glad they didn't. Right. Because historically, how many late night hosts were not that good right away? Mm-hmm. Same with Seth Meyers. Both of them are like doing extremely well same with conan remember like when conan first started they wanted to pull him off immediately well and there's still some discussion about moving conan to once a week oh really they're they're still kind of throwing that around it works for john oliver but it's not really the same kind of show no it's not really the same kind of show you know he still gets good guests on conan or at least fairly good but i think it's a, a loyalty thing yeah um so stephen colbert is just really tight but they shamelessly just do the election yeah, it's just it's just political it's just criticism, and people want to hear it. There's clearly an audience for it. Right. Now, conversely, Stephen is successful because Fallon is unsuccessful. Right. The moment where he ruffled Trump's hair six months ago or whatever it was, when he like, is that a wig? And he like ran his fingers through his hair. That may have seemed simple and playful at the time. Mm-hmm. That was actually a big cultural moment for the Americans. That yeah. was that, that, seriously, that is going to be looked back on. When, yeah. when they do the true so Hollywood story of The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon, there will be a whole commercial segment about how Jimmy struggled in the early Trump presidency. Yep. Because 
of playing it safe. Right. And that's fine. I mean, there's always, but we talked about which, this. Which again, so so it's funny, kind of the, the dichotomy there, right? Because Colbert had to play it safe when a good president was in office and Jimmy Fallon was playing it safe anyway. So he was able to play patty cake right. and everyone was pumped about it. Right. And it was like kind of fun. And it's true. Like he was playing beer pong on, on TV and that was fun. Yeah. And I wondered at the time too, like how long is this going to last? Like, is this going to be a novelty thing? It's cute he for a Leno's? while, but I think, I think generally speaking, the American public, you know, however many blunders they've made recently mm-hmm. is not stupid enough that they can be seduced by throwing a bowl of guacamole through a basketball hoop. Emma Stone and Bruce Willis playing, you know, uh, throwing cups of water in each other's faces. Right. They won't be seduced by that forever. Right. It's not entertainment. Mm. Now, there is such a thing as just like watching something mindless because it's easy and it's enjoyable. That's true. I'm all for that. But And I still watch The Tonight Show sometimes. I don't hate Jimmy as much as some people do. I think yeah. I, I am definitely a defender of his talent. Yep. Um, he's not the best interviewer in late night. Nope. There's no question. Um, oh my God. So cool. Right. So cool. But he seems like a sweetheart. So funny. I think he's a good guy. I think so too. Uh, I don't think I'd be able to do any better. That's for damn sure. That's for damn sure. <laughs> no, I, they had a meeting at NBC two weeks ago and they basically threw the book at him. They basically said, what? you got to do more politics. Colbert is killing us. This is not a fluke. It's been six weeks. Yeah. You have to do more politics. And so Jimmy put on the orange makeup in the way it's not oh, even that God. good of an impression and, and and a lot of his stuff like in the opening monologue is like in other words trump's hairstylist you know <laughs> like it's just these kind of like bad like yep no one watches it for the monologue i don't think i know but they're, they're low-hanging fruit i mean big bang yeah. theory just got up for two more seasons that's true people watch right. stuff that's easy people like amy schumer obviously yeah um but somebody online made a really astute Although it's a little broad, it, it mostly applies. Basically, comedians can be split into two categories, clowns and monologists. And Jimmy is a clown. He yeah. he plays air guitar, and he does silly voices and puts on wigs, and he sings songs. Mm-hmm. Antics. Right. Stephen Colbert, Seth Meyers, like, they fucking crush cue cards. Yeah. Right? You, they look into the camera, and you believe it's them talking. Yeah. And so maybe that's what the world needs. Right now. Yeah, I would say so. So I don't know if, if making Jimmy do more politics is the answer, because I don't think it's him. We might mean? just have to be okay like, with being in second place for the next right. couple of years. So, yeah, you, you don't feel that politics is really his brand anyway, mm-hmm. so he has to do him. And, I, don't, I don't think, yeah. think it's going to come across as disingenuous. Right. So uh, what I was going to say a minute ago is, when will we get tired of it? Yeah. John Oliver's only once a week. Sam B's only once a week. Uh, Stephen Colbert's five nights a week. Can we yeah. take five hours a week of this for the next four years? Depends what Trump does. I guess it does. Yeah. I guess it does. <laughs> you know? It hasn't slowed down yet, so no. who knows? Uh, well, on that note, I'm going to DVR one of the episodes of Colbert Show. <laughs> yeah, you Colbert really should. Show, but... You really should. Well, you know, you don't even have to do that. Just go to their YouTube channel. They upload the full 10-minute monologue, yep. the desk bit, and both big guests. You can okay, get the whole good. show on YouTube. Perfect. Yeah. I'll check that out for sure. Did you see him on uh, Billy Eichner's show at all? The Billy in the Street. Billy in the Street. He was wearing like the puffy vest. Yeah. Yeah. I love Billy oh, on the Street. Oh my God. You Did... know what? That's a guy. I don't mean to inter- interrupt you. I'm no, sorry. No, go for it. Um, 
That's a guy who I didn't get at first at all. Like when yeah. I first saw him, I was like, what the hell and is this? And on Parks and Rec, people didn't really get him as much either because he was kind of being the same well, and person. it's always tough being the new the, the new character in the final season of a loved show. Yeah. Is, almost never works. Right. But I don't know when it clicked. It didn't click all at once. Yeah. It was gradual. But now I think he's so hilarious. He's so... Did you see the uh, Nicki Minaj or La La Land lyrics thing? No. Oh, my God. So they had... They had... They had uh, Stephen Colbert, and he explains the premise really quick. Okay, we're going to read you these lyrics, and they're either going to be Nicki Minaj or they're going to be from the movie La La Land. <laughs> and uh, Stephen Colbert was like kind of nervous. He's like, oh, God, okay. And they're so explicitly one or the other. Yeah. Like, so obvious. Like, yeah, like, like City of Stars, like, they're shining for me. Uh, okay, La La Land. He tossed my salad like it, like my name was Romaine. <laughs> like, just like these really ridiculous lines. One I really enjoyed so enjoyable. came in response to all the immigration uh, controversy. And it was uh, it was a quiz of immigrant or uh, born American. Okay. And so they just had to guess. And you just went through names. So like Natalie Portman, immigrant. Right. John Wayne Gacy, American. Yeah. And what it turned out to be is that all the born oh. Americans were serial killers. <laughs> <laughs> it was just too funny. Yeah, it was great. It was and I, and I think the things that he yells at people are so funny too. Mm-hmm. Like his quick responses to like, "Yes, you'll get a dollar," or "No, you won't get a dollar." <laughs> is like, "No, you don't deserve it." He you changed the it. medium. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever uh, listened to him interviewed like as a normal out of character guy? Only on Comedy Bang Bang a few years ago. Okay. At- he was on like Fresh Air with Terry Gross. Oh yeah. Like a month or two ago. Okay. Um, and like that's as straight laced as it is. You don't go on there in a character. Right. What, a, what an interesting guy. Just like a sweet, nice guy. Yeah. I love listening to Fresh Air. Pete Holmes was on yesterday. Oh, nice. Very like once a week they have a guest I might be interested in, but they do five shows a week. Great. Um, and they're half hour episodes. It's really good. How long ago was Billy Eckner on? Probably two months ago. Okay. I would guess. Cool. Whenever the season was new. Yeah. Right. The season of... Billy on the Street. Oh, Billy on the Street. And then he's got this other show. Uh, what's the one with him and Amy Poehler and... Or it's uh, produced by Amy Poehler, maybe? I don't know. Not Parks and Recreation, obviously. No, it's like on FXX or something. I don't know. Anyway, it's supposed to be kind of funny. It's like something people, I think. Anyway. It's interesting, since we talked about uh, Schumer's Netflix special, mm-hmm. it's it's almost like it took the rest of the world a couple of days to get around to watching it and agreeing with me. Right. Yeah, because it wasn't a thing when we talked about it last week. No, I watched it like the day it came out. You like, really I, didn't I, like it. I, and I, I was kind of like, oh, wow, that's yeah. surprising. I thought and people would think it was Please funny. understand, I wanted to like it. Yeah. Like, I like Trainwreck. Mm-hmm. I don't hate her. I really don't. No, no, no. Um, but... This was just a really, this was just a really unfortunate example of laziness and completely transparently. Yeah. And so it opened up on Reddit a little bit and it's, it's a very safe place to say you don't like Amy Schumer right. on Reddit. That's generally I, the consensus. And I talked to other people too. Well, one person at work who actually saw her in person and he's like, I don't understand. It's the same special that I saw in person and it's the same type of stuff that but she he always really enjoyed does. it. Yeah. Yeah. He said he. He was like, it was hilarious. I couldn't stop. Laughing. I don't know. I guess it's just shock humor. Like it just kind of feels like an A-list Lisa Lampanelli. Right. It's just kind of like, oh, <laughs> you just said labia. I'm, I'm not. Right. I don't know where the comedy. Where was the craftsmanship? Right. I don't mean to be a snob about it. Again, I couldn't do it myself. Yeah. But I know that that's not. 
the highest caliber of comedy in the form. That's not what you found the funniest in your time. No, and like I said, she wrote the Trainwreck screenplay. Like, that was a hilarious movie. Yeah. I love that movie. And for reference for people listening, who is your favorite comedian of all time? My favorite working comedian is John, John Mulaney. Mulaney. Yeah. yeah. That's Def- awesome. Definitely he is. And I like I love Louis C.K. and I love Bill Burr. Like That's I love the guys answer. you're supposed to love. Yep. Although I'm not a, like I like Bill Burr, but I I don't love him. Like I Bill Burr, I just think he's really healthy cuz like I don't agree with everything he says. Yeah. But I really love the way he says. Like it. I don't think I've seen many of his full stand-up specials and and I've seen him perform live and I really liked it. Oh really? Yep. Um at a festival? Uh, at no, just at the Cohen a oh, couple cool, years ago. Cool, and it was funny because he was talking about Halifax, and he's like, you know, I looked at my hotel, and it's like a, a freaking gazebo town here. There's like a, <laughs> a skating oval across the street where everyone's just skating around. And so it's funny, and I guess That's he talked nice. about it on his Monday morning podcast too. Yeah, like he's like, what is this? Like everyone's super nice, and it's like, ah. So uh, and people love that kind of like local localized humor it's like, a great way to ingratiate yourself with a with a stranger crowd. totally especially if you're a little out of your element like he doesn't know like yeah what? like somebody probably G- jim said, jeffries did the same thing really yeah where he's talking about he's he's driving in and and the cab driver's trying to brag about halifax but mm-hmm. everything that halifax has to brag about is literally we're the second best at something he's like yeah. going over the bridge Hey, you know this harbor? It's the second <laughs> biggest harbor. And like everyone in the audience was losing and laughing because no one's really thought Our public about gardens that. are the largest Victorian style gardens in North America. That's true. Number one. Number one. We've well, mentioned that before on this one podcast. One thing I would say, and I bet somebody did say to mm-hmm. Bill Burr, was this is the closest thing to Boston outside of Boston. Yeah. And I think that would probably, I mean, maybe he'd go, no, it's not. Yeah. Maybe he'd look around and go, no, it's not. would say that. But that's a thing that Halifax likes to own quite proudly. Yep. And Boston likes Halifax, too. I think we so. got a good partnership. Mm-hmm. So I would love to see Bill Burr. We give them a Christmas tree, but I don't think a lot of people in Boston actually know about the Christmas tree. We're more proud of that tradition than they yeah, are. Yeah, I think yeah. so, too. Um, but, yeah, I would say that Chappelle and Louis C.K. and John Mulaney, who you introduced me to originally, and who's right? coming here on Friday. Or oh, my God. Tickets are being sold on Friday. Yeah, I, I I never thought that would have happened. Yeah, it was insane. Like, I have no idea why we're a tour stop for him. Yeah, well, I, his, his tour was announced today. Like, yeah. he put up the dates on his Instagram page. I saw and he's it. got, like, five or six different Canadian dates in the first leg of his tour, and yeah. not Toronto, which is funny. Right. Um, But I, I, I remember thinking of it before, like, if I ever want to see Mulaney, it's going to have to be in, like, Toronto or, or Boston or someplace, because... Yeah. In my mind, he's too big for the cone. He's not big enough for the Scotiabank Center. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking, why would he come to our... Like, he does theaters, but he does big theaters. Yeah. Um, but he's coming. And and for uh, comparison, Kevin Hart sold out our biggest uh, stadium, like 10,000 people. Yeah. Twice. Right. Twice or three times, I Three think. times, yeah. Three times. But, I mean, there's a big difference between between... Like Kevin Hart's a stadium comedian. Yeah. Kevin Hart is Maroon 5. Right. And John Mulaney is Father John Misty. <laughs> sure. He's yeah. like really well loved mm-hmm. uh, like in his community. I mean, I don't know much about Father John Misty. It's not the best example I could give. But like he's he's top of the line in indie. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I do agree. And, and But it's funny because once we talked about... Uh, buying tickets for that show i had 
three other friends that messaged me saying, hey, Mulaney's coming. Are yeah. you getting tickets? Like, do you want to get tickets on yeah. Friday? Do you, do you like, want to yeah, go together and stand in line on Friday? I'm totally down to Let's do that. Let's do that because I got to get a pair for my brother and his girlfriend too. Cool. Uh, I don't know if there's a cap on how many they'll sell you. So Yeah. Yeah, that's stuck. what I was worried about yeah. too. Having a couple people in line won't hurt. Okay, well, we can make a we can make a day of it. I don't know how early we're going to have to go for that. Is it going to be one of those things where if we show up at 12, there's already a huge line in front of us? Or if we show up at 12, no one's there? I think we've talked before on the podcast about how I think I have a skewed perception of how famous Mulaney is. Like, right. maybe people won't care that much. Like, I'm sure he'll fill the theater, but maybe it'll take two weeks to sell it out. I don't or maybe think he'll so. sell it out by 1230. Yeah, and... and I meant to bring that up to a couple people at work today just to see what their reaction would be about yeah. Mulaney being here. Yeah. But I, I kind of want to hide the fact that he's coming. So Me too. I, 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 like, I wanted to like a tweet about it, but I was like, I don't want to advertise this. I saw someone post it on Facebook and I wanted to write below, do you want this to sell out faster? Do you already have your tickets secured? <laughs> yeah. And we work in media. There might be a way that we can find like pre-sale tickets somehow. But Maybe. Um, it's not sponsored by the queue, is it? No. Because they tend to get first dibs on comedy. Yeah, it's just so small. I think they're like, well, we would risk taking a couple weeks to sell it out. And I think it's an extension of Just for Laughs. It is, yeah. Yeah, anyway, Friday, I have to get tickets for that. It's very yeah. important to me. I know. How much of a piss-off would it be if we didn't get tickets? Yeah, I know. I would be really upset. Mm-hmm. Um, just, just before we leave Amy Schumer, uh, because the argument she put out there was that all of her hate is coming from the alt-right. Yeah. And I think that's either very misguided or just uh, spin. It's because there's lots of liberals who don't it, like Amy it's Schumer. It's weird spin. And and like we said, it's odd that she said all these alt-right trolls on Reddit. Yeah. Have you ever been on Reddit? <laughs> yeah. I don't think there's that many alt-right trolls. Is there even like an alt I think there's a page for Donald there's, Trump. There's subreddits for, for Trump supporters and alt-right people, but... Yeah. They're pretty niche. For the most part, the entire Reddit community is against those, and you see them trolling those communities. It's a hive mind. Everything on, on Reddit is an echo chamber, which is why right. I say it's okay to go on Reddit and say you hate Amy Schumer because there's there's just a vocabulary of things that are you're it's understood you're supposed to like or not like. Right. And people will yeah, joke you're about literally that. Upvoting or downvoting. People will 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 joke about that like. Uh, do we like Jennifer Lawrence this week? Right. Because, you know, I don't get to speak for myself on here. I love Reddit, but it's a total echo chamber. Yeah. Anyway, one of the arguments made by certain, I don't even want to say women, just, just certain people who fancy themselves Schumer fans mm-hmm. is that no women can be funny. And I want to make it very clear, I and most of us who aren't big fans of this new Schumer special are fully aware women... <laughs> can and are very funny and so i just made a list of some women i think are funny go uh sarah silverman great tig nataro also when you say sarah silverman when you first saw amy schumer did you kind of think that's a lot like sarah silverman maybe i think she's like taken everything from sarah silverman maybe i guess i never thought about the connection i don't think they're pals I don't get the sense that they're pals. And Sarah Silverman's apparently very supportive of like everyone in the comedy community. Like she's, yeah, like she's, she's known for being one of the. She's the very famously people. like, like people are like you know most comedians are a little jaded and yeah. and like backstabby, but mm-hmm. that's not Sarah Silverman. She was on You Made It Weird today. Oh yeah, it was the best episode of that podcast in a while. Whoa, cool. They talk I'll, about I'll Harris a little bit. No way. They talk about Chandling a little bit. She's cool. very. She's very. Very kind. In yeah. It. It's a good episode. Excellent. Uh, Sarah Silverman, Tignataro, Maria Bamford, Kristen Wiig, Eliza Schlesinger, 
Jenny Slate is very funny. Mm-hmm. Samantha B. Kate McKinnon, I've come around on. Yep. <laughs> Ali Wong, have you seen her new special? No, where she's pregnant? Yeah. Yeah. She's funny. I, I saw it on Netflix. But and of course, it. Tina and Amy. That's just who I could think of. Yeah. You know, in, in the 20 like, minutes. Sure. So, yes, women can be funny. I don't think Amy Schumer is as funny as she gets credit for. No. Um, and I agree. I find, I found, I thought Trainwreck was amazing. Mm. I thought it was an awesome movie. I thought it was great. I haven't seen it again yet, but. But I thought it was like a very enjoyable watch. Absolutely. Um, the uh, the specials I'm always kind of, I always kind of laugh along with it, but mm-hmm. there's not that many things in the specials that make me like I actively when I watch comedy specials try to not laugh. Okay. So when I catch myself laughing out loud, I know that it's really funny. Why do you try not to laugh? I just love it. Like I love the challenge of trying not to laugh, and then <laughs> you like edging yourself with comedy. Yeah, a little bit, like because then I know, like, if I'm actively trying to hold my laughter in, mm-hmm. and this has made me like completely forget that and laugh, at, do like a, <laughs> like, you've succeeded as a comedian. I mean, I guess it's it's the complete surprise. I think I did That's not I find myself laughing out loud that much at either of the new Chappelle specials. No, but not to discredit their brilliance, right? They were really good. How much? If we're going to talk about... Wait, should we talk... Are we talking about the Schumer special first? Or are we done talking about the Schumer special? Say whatever you want. I think we just got to kind of approach this freely. I actually wasn't able to watch it. Like, I, I ended up watching a different special. Yeah. It it wasn't that I, I didn't like it. You just couldn't pull it up. I couldn't pull it up on Netflix. Really? That's weird. I, I think, like... I don't know if the troll... The alt-right trolls <laughs> have, have taken it off Netflix. But literally, every time I tried to click it, it, like went into another cycle of loading and then kind of disappeared. That's and weird. Then, yeah. I tried it like 40 times. Well, consider yourself mercied. So I watched instead, which you you kind of recommended because we didn't want to just talk about comedians' bits the whole time. Yeah. I watched the two Chappelle show, or the two Chappelle specials. Right. Which we talked about. I, t- I watched both of those. Great. And half of the Mike Birbiglia special. Oh, nice. Thank God for jokes. How, how did it go? Uh thought all of them were amazing yeah watched mike birbiglia right before leaving and there were some parts where i was like and there were some parts in the Chappelle's special that i was like giddy laughing yeah but i was a lot more surprised by mike birbiglia because there wasn't a build-up at all for it mm. so it's always nice to be surprised by that Chappelle had a whole lot more to lose in my mind totally like you know you're kind of nervous to watch it because you it's been 14 as, years yeah as someone who was watching this in junior high like Oh my God, this is the funniest thing. I'm going to be quoting this at school for the next like three years. Yes. It was kind of kind of nerve wracking, but there's been things that I've said, you know, I even mentioned on the podcast tonight. I'm not going to change my whole pronoun game. <laughs> uh, You're already reverting I'm, back I'm to I'm quoting Dave Chappelle. Re- exactly. Like, and, and again, like trying not to laugh and just laughing really hard, especially at the first special. I thought the first special. Me too. And the end of the second special, I also found very funny. I wanted the stuff with the school. Yes. Yeah. The, uh, when, wa- when he does his, the impression of his kid crying like Tupac, he's like, <laughs> oh, these kids keep fucking with me. <laughs> I thought that was so good. I wanted to ask you which of the two specials you preferred. Would you say the first one? The first one for sure. The first one I like, I had like a goosebump feel about it. Yeah. It was... And I don't think it was just because it was the first one that mm-hmm. I saw in a while. I think they wanted you to like feel that way like the end it was all just like way more produced and 
kind of yeah he was on he was on kimmel last night okay promoting them promoting them uh and they talked about how he's getting paid 60 million dollars for three specials on netflix no way 60 million dollars so the 50 million dollars that he turned down for season three of Chappelle's show it's over yeah doesn't matter he's like whatever and they joked about how like i finally don't have to worry about that 50 million dollars yeah um but he says the, the the reason it was like the the easiest decision ever is that they offered me this deal and i already had two specials done yeah <laughs> yeah i already had two like on my hard drive right all i had to do was write a new hour and they're gonna yeah. get 60 million dollars totally so yeah i mean you're right we had a we had a disagreement earlier about about when the first one was shot yeah did did you find out well i didn't go back and listen to that that bit about grabbing crotches or tapping crotches yeah uh but it is very clear when the episode was shot because he says at, at the end right after the encore he says we lost a juggernaut in comedy this week he says this week yeah uh gary shandling so you, you can so date weird. the episode uh the the access hollywood billy bush tape didn't come out until october it was October. So it was not a Trump reference when he when he mentioned That's so weird. women. Yeah. That's all I was thinking about. Like, you know, we have this hero and he's propelled by patting a woman's vagina. Like, <laughs> that is 100%. Why wouldn't you think of that? But who else was he talking about in the context of that bit? I don't know. Like, at the end of it, he kind of turns it into Bill Cosby. Like, he rapes to save. Right. But maybe it was Bill Cosby then. Because it wasn't Donald Trump. Yeah. I guess not. That was so funny. But he must have been like going through it in the editing and gone like, better leave that in. Yeah. Like (laughs) maybe that's what it was. Maybe the editors thought, oh my gosh, we just hit solid gold because there's all this stuff. about. Did you hear him make a mistake in the second special? No. When he was talking about, um, so who's this? I think he's a football player. Ray Rice. No, the guy who's openly gay. Is he a football player? Michael. Sal? Michael Sam? Michael Sam. Is that what his name is? I think so. He has a bit about. About an openly gay athlete. Yeah, yeah. It's my. It's Michael. It's in Michael Sam. He said Michael Sam's. I don't know if that's the. Okay. Anyway, he he makes a joke about how it's not going to be any different when he pulls a Ray Rice and beats up his, and then he says wife, and it ruined the punchline, right? Because if you, he's, he should have said husband, right? Uh, because that's the whole point. How different is it when? Uh, a gay couple if if there's spousal abuse in a gay couple that was what the joke was about right. but he said wife instead of husband and so it i got stuck then on that and i didn't hear the punchline the way i should have yeah but anyway his whole thing about the phone conversation made me laugh too I mean, you're just gay you're gay. <laughs> yeah, you're gay i was watching tv i was trying to get off the phone with him <laughs> that was a very casual special yeah it was so casual i think he just he had that one like the first one seemed like was tight. This was going to be the next special. Yeah. And then this one just happened to be recorded at Austin City Limits. Maybe. And he, like, sent it out. Because in the first one, in the second one, he's, like, smoking and, like, asking people to throw him cigarettes yeah, and stuff. Yeah, I noticed and, like, he didn't smoke in the first one. Which I was surprised by because yeah. he's chain smoking. And any of the videos you've seen in the last 10 years of him doing stand-up, he's just jacked and chain smoking. Yeah. So I kind of thought that both the specials he'd be chain smoking. But it, like for a good portion of the second special, he's sitting on a stool. Yeah. Which is fine. Yeah. Uh, but you're right. Like he really went there in the first one. Lots of Bill Cosby stuff. Yeah. Um, 
the O.J. Simpson stories were so funny. Yeah. It's really interesting because Becky Mr. and I... Mr. Juice. Miss Juice. Yeah. We've been watching that Made in America special. We've only got like half an hour left of the final episode. Right. And you like it? Is that your first 30 for 30 that you're watching? Yeah. You know that 30 for 30 is like anyone can get into all of them. It's not just super sporty. No, it is super sporty. Really? But the things that are that you take out of them, like... You know, I could watch a 30 for 30 on the 84 Cleveland Browns yeah. that I have no, uh, not Cleveland Browns, uh, Chicago Bears, mm-hmm. that I have no investment in whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Like, don't care about it at all. And by the end of the episode, I'll be like, that was so amazing. Right. Like, they're that just was good like documentary. Th- they're just so good. Yeah. Well, and it's like long too. It's five episodes, right? I the, actually think it's longer than it should and be. And this is the first, I think, multi-part 30 for 30. I realize there's a lot of OJ story to tell, but yeah. I think they maybe stretched it a little too uh, thin. Oh, yeah. They do a lot of uh, Rodney King, Latasha Harlan stuff. I mean, they really have to set the scene for what uh, race riots were like, like what the what the relationship was between the LAPD and the black community yeah. during that era. I understand that that's important backstory for the OJ trial, uh, but they don't spend that much time on the trial. They kind of set it up for a long time. They have one episode on the trial, and then they have like a lot of aftermath stuff. Yeah. Um, but like I, I, between that and the FX series last year, I've learned so much about one of the most iconic pop cultural moments of all time. Definitely. That I was alive during, but didn't get to really witness because I was too young. Sure. Anyway, so it was very good timing for me to watch that Chappelle special with those reoccurring OJ stories because they they told the same story. Yeah. Do you understand what I mean? Like they they told the same arc that all these OJ stories are telling, where in the beginning he's this hero and you can't believe how nice he is and he's great. With and all the, due respect, that murderer ran for 11,000 yards. <laughs> well, except for that in the first one, the first time he met OJ, he wasn't, there was no... Right, his, his soon-to-be-slain wife, right. I think is yeah. Like, yeah. how he describes it. trying to get us both killed? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and so, and then in the next one, I think the trial had happened and he, and so like by the end of it, not to spoil anything, but by the end of it, can I just interrupt quickly and say that nothing makes me happier than you quoting Chappelle for the first time (laughs) with the outline. Like, I hope it becomes a thing. I hope you watch all the specials over again and we start quoting. Maybe they'll become a reflex like (sighs) they have for you. That would be amazing. (laughs) And by the end of it. It, I won't give away the story, but he he just he's lost all respect for OJ. And oh like, yeah, he's where the rest of the world is. But he does the thing that Chappelle always does, where he builds up sympathy for an idea, and and he's like, you start to almost just kind of feel like like as a monologist does, like you mm-hmm. start to side with him, and then at the end, completely changes direction. Yeah. Man, man, he definitely did it. Yeah. <laughs> he fakes him out. He's, yeah, that's you're right. He's a fake out comedian. Totally. They were very good. I don't know if I have a whole lot of notes. Well, uh, I don't have a whole lot of notes. Well, what I was thinking was that's the same brand of comedy that he's always done. Really? Yeah. It's always like kind of that fake out style, like line him up in one direction and then like knock him down a complete different way. Sure. Which I guess isn't supposed to be new, but his brand always seems like very much that way, but shocking. Right. But this time I was watching it through a lens of like, my God, so many people would be offended by a lot of these jokes. Yeah. And I don't ever remember watching them that way. And I think it just speaks to the time that we're in. Okay. Like I remember just like thinking while watching it and maybe it's the time we're in, or maybe it's just the time I'm in. Yeah. Like, age wise. 
watching it as in junior high, it was like, I can't wait to quote that. <laughs> <laughs> like killing him softly and for what it's worth. It's like, I can't wait. Can't wait to repeat that to how, people. How has he grown? Because usually if, if a comedian you love has been grinding for a long time, you can see them gradually grow every couple of years when they put in a new special, but he's been absent for so long. He's got so much like more swagger and kind of cockiness now. Like yeah. he brings up a couple times that he's Dave Chappelle and it's fine. Yes. And like, and also that he can like beat people up, which I also thought was funny. Yeah. Like, cause he's jacked. That's true. You know, I guess I didn't th- you said that a minute ago and I was like, is he? But I guess he is. It wasn't overt. He's like, not like scrawny little Dave Chappelle. You're right. And he was scrawny little Dave Chappelle. That's true. Like, do you remember seeing like, like, videos of him or anything if you you're watch right. any of his earlier specials he's like skeleton man yep so now you're just it's just i'm always taken aback by it i don't right. know if he was like on drugs i don't think he was i think no, he was I don't just think a scrawny so. guy he may as- he has an elliptical and some weights in his house yeah he has all that money i guess so so those were the biggest things i was kind of surprised he wasn't a guy that usually takes shots at other celebrities or anything well i guess kind of does playfully well there's always a sense uh and i'm not as schooled as you are not as versed but there's always a sense of sympathy. He's all it's like he's almost giving everybody the benefit of the doubt, except for their tremendous flaws. Like right. even with Bill Cosby. Like he he goes in this whole thing about how Bill Cosby means so much to a black comedian. Right. And he did all these wonderful things and he sent so many people to school. That said, he right. did rape all those people. Yeah. He saved more lives than he raped. Right. Yeah, that's that's what he says. <laughs> he rapes I shouldn't do that. He but. rapes to save. Yeah. Um so what what he uh, also said, like, and this was through Chappelle's show, but possibly in one of his stand-up specials, they talk about how black people always give potential black felons the benefit of the doubt. Yes. Um, and he says that with Michael Jackson. You know, he's on trial. Right. He's one of the jurors. And he brings it up, he, like, in in his new special about being a juror for, you know, Stephen Avery. Okay. Because <laughs> that's the only person that could understand that the police did all this. Okay. So in in his uh, Chappelle show skit, he's talking about Michael Jackson. And then one of the jurors asks, well, would you let him babysit your kids? And he's like, <laughs> fuck no! <laughs> like, like supporting him for like... 15 seconds straight he's a he's an honest man and he's like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> would you let him babysit your kids fuck no i think in hindsight anthony jesselnick is probably directly influenced by dave Chappelle and mitch hedberg if i were to boil yeah. it down to two mitch people hedberg for sure i would think i think the one-liner facet comes from hedberg yep. and i think the fake out uh style comes from dave Chappelle. like everything jesselnick tells is set up, set up, set up. You think he's going to go here because that would be nasty. He goes here because it's nastier. Right. Like, my mom always kept a gun in the house to keep her six kids safe. You got to have a gun in the house to keep her six kids safe. Now they don't have a gun in the house to keep the five kids safe. <laughs> right. Like, it's just like, you don't see it coming. Yeah. Um, and the the result is, yeah, is That's hilarious. from the other side. So... You would recommend watching both of these stand-up specials? A hundred percent. I thought... Especially man, the first one. I'm going to watch it over again. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And the second one, again, like when he starts getting into the school stuff, even when he starts... What were some of the bits through the middle that I just could, still couldn't turn it off? When he's talking about like Lil Wheezy? <laughs> and Lil <laughs> Wayne? Lil Wayne bit for yeah. sure, yeah. And then, like the whole CSI bit? Yeah. Like that was stuff that could have been released 10 years ago. Right. And maybe it was when he came up with it. Maybe. But but I just found it really funny. And, and you know, the Ray Rice stuff was super dated at this point because that's like 
three or four years ago. That's true. You know, so I really wasn't up on it. Like when he's talking about that wife beating video, I, I mean, I'm aware that Ray Rice was a wife beater or whatever, but I never saw the video you or seen the video. No, I don't need to see that shit. No, no, it's it's pretty. Yeah, he he, he implies that it's very upsetting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, you definitely would not want to see that. No, uh, the Mike Birbiglia special I found to be like very clean. And okay. very hilarious. That's great. Like, and he even does some crowd work at some point. Like, he's so reserved. He's, yeah. And I find he's kind of like, you know, that person who can keep a completely straight face while they're making fun of you and just keep yeah. making fun of you and you just keep laughing. Yeah. That's, you know, Bobby Mack can do it sometimes. Yeah. But even he breaks. Like, I found that Mike Birbiglia was just that guy. All through the special. He has a depressive quality that I appreciate. Yeah. Like everything he says is kind of through the lens of it's kind of sad. Right. <laughs> and I don't know. It's self-deprecating. Works. It really works. Yeah. You guys still haven't seen his movie. No, I twice. haven't. It's very good. Man, this was the first time that I saw him do stand-up. I've heard him uh, on a couple, like, you know, on a couple clips that we play at the station. And I always find those really funny. Oh, really? But uh, That's cool. Yeah. Well, we do like the 420 funny, right? And the Yeah, I didn't think the comedy, comedy on there was as cool as Mike Birbiglia. Oh, no. we. I mean, they play Mulaney sometimes. That's awesome. You know? So so all that stuff gets in there. But but uh, Birbiglia, you know, have you heard... Have I told you the, the skit that he has from his special, What I Should Have Said Was Nothing? No. And it's it's basically someone's... It's a good title. Walking... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> someone's walking into his apartment with a queen size bed. And he says something like the person says something like, yeah, I guess, you know, I'm not a sex offender because of this bed. And, <laughs> and Mike Birbiglia says, you'd be surprised or something. Like he says, what I should have said was nothing, right? but what I did say was, and it ends up being something super offensive. Anyways, I did a horrible job and butchered that joke, but you need to go back. It's and a good device. What I, what I should have said was nothing. You yeah. can use that as a punchline for so many and it, things. And it might've been a punchline for multiple things in the, in the special. I'm it could reoccur sure. for sure. Cause this was the first special that I completely watched and I found it super honest mm-hmm. and very like, you know, genuine. And he even did some crowd work at, at one point and the crowd work was perfect. Mm-hmm. And I was, that was when I was like giddy laughing. Yep. Was just his not attack of this guy in the crowd, but like going out, asking him a question, finding his answer so ridiculous and just roasting him from there. It's amazing to me the way it's not just hecklers, but the way, the way comedians can handle somebody from the crowd, something instantaneous. Yeah. It's just, it's like sometimes I have to take a minute and go back and go, oh, wait a second, that couldn't have been part of the act. How <laughs> he, did he have that punchline ready? I, I know we talked about not just doing other people's bits on this yeah. podcast, but he does this whole bit about how he gets pre-heckled yeah. by the Muppets because he's <laughs> doing a Muppets show and then runs out on stage, realizes that there's not a stool there, and goes, fuck! <laughs> and then he's like, now, I looked in the crowd, and I realized that the F word is not anything that 
anyone in the crowd wants to hear. Like right. families have bought tickets to the Muppet right. show. It's a Muppet show. The Muppets themselves are all like, <laughs> and he just like opens his jaw and like stares at him with wide eyes. And then he like continues to run off stage. He's like, so to these people, I'm not a comedian they know. I'm just a guy that ran on stage, <laughs> said fuck, and ran off and stage. <laughs> He's like, and then circles back. And and to them, I am just like the villain of the Muppets right, right now. Anyways, yeah. I thought that was a really Because in the Muppets, you already premise. don't trust the people. Right. <laughs> yeah. And it's it, it was like, I think it was Marley and, well, not Marley and Bar- What are those two guys' names? The Hecklers? Of the oh, Stadler and Waldorf. Stadler and Waldorf. Yeah. Why are they named that? I thought. Check, check, check. Hello. Is it working? I hope. Yes, it's working. Okay. That's weird. Um, I'd be remiss if we didn't mention uh, the Neil Brennan special, which we've mentioned before yeah. as being spectacular storytelling. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Trevor Noah recent one that went up is is good. Yep. It's kind of what you expect from Trevor Noah. It's kind of like talking about growing up in Africa. And yep. And the Michael Che one was really good. Michael Che was really good. I haven't watched the new Jim Norton one, but I'm kind of keen to. I wouldn't normally have been. Yeah. But he was on the Bill Burr podcast. He was on, uh, uh, what's his name? Joe Rogan. Okay. Yeah, they're friends. It's a good way It's a good way to, to promote your thing if yeah. I listen to you for three hours. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I, I saw the I saw both of those and the Ali Wong special yeah. all up on Netflix. Netflix is putting a new comedy special up every week for the rest of 2017. Yeah, we talked about that. And and it's great. But is a Louis C.K. one's going to happen yep. sometime April. this year as April. well? April. He's, yeah, he's signed on for two. One's coming in April. Wow. Does Chris Rock have one coming out too? Or? Chris Rock hasn't done a special in a long time. Yeah. He directed Schumer's. Oh, did he? Yeah. The leather special? Yeah, the leather special. Oh, wow. I was also thinking about that. Like... I know it's supposed to be a little bit tongue in cheek, but like the first thing she says is, I was thinking about how every great comedian has a leather special. So this is my leather special. It's just like, you're not Eddie Murphy. (laughs) Like this, even if you are better than I think you are. Sure. You can't just like name your special after the most iconic comedy special of all time. Right. Like, yeah. And because what was it? Delirious or raw that he wore the full? Yeah, it was raw, wasn't it? I think so. Maybe it's delirious, but those are both big ones. It, it'd be like, it'd be like if I made a CD, if I made like a, an album of songs mm-hmm. and I called it my white album. Yeah. <laughs> it'd be like every, you know, every musician has their white album and it's kind of like, no, they don't. No, they don't. One musician had their white album or it one, was one band had their white yeah. album. Yeah. So anyway, that's how I feel about that. I can't apologize. Hey, did you finish uh, Richard Simmons? I did. Did you listen to the final episode? Yeah, it came. It went up a couple days early. It kind of went out with a with a whimper, didn't it? I kind of knew it was going to. Did you? Yeah. How'd I, you know that? I like you had a feel for it, or because it there was so much attention around this that you'd know. If well, he, he, if you got the interview, here's the weird thing: is that at the beginning of this episode, he says we we released this two days early mm. because we had to take so much stuff out, mm. and we basically didn't want to have to take any more out. I think they probably got. Uh, like they got like C and D. I think they got C and D. Yeah, they got served. Yeah, I, I I equated a little bit to that show, The Curse of Oak Island. I'm like, there's no suspense in this show. We're gonna know if we it know happened. before it happens. Yeah. I know, and it's always like we're so close. Ba 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 ba. Yeah, no, you're not. It goes to a commercial every five minutes. So I really enjoyed listening to the Missing Richard Simmons show. Yeah. Again, I felt a little dirty about it because I like I, 
I kind of thought Dan Taberski was like a little bit too proddy. Like he kind of, I got to that point. He too. superimposed this idea of he owes us something kind yeah. of over and over and over again. Right. And I didn't really agree with that. Yep. Granted, I found it to be interesting, but I think the whole podcast could have been done in two hours. Could have been, yeah. could have been one this American life. And the manager, uh, kind of gives you the idea that, you know, this isn't necessarily cool of you to do. Right. Like when he's talking at the end and he says, you know, like he says, you know, has Richard heard the podcast at all or anything? Which is a very self-serving question. Kind too. of. Yeah. And he but says, it was huge for a minute. Yeah. Yeah. And he says, I think he's heard parts, but like, it doesn't necessarily make him happy. I think there's kind of like a, been a, a, a cause for concern for no reason. Right. You know, I think the, the most accurate statement was that he retired his character. Yeah. He played that guy. And I, it was interesting the way the manager said that a lot of people misinterpreted their relationships with Richard, that That's... he was so good at making people feel loved in the moment that they thought those relationships meant more than they did. Yes. Mean. And I totally believe that. I totally believe that. After hearing all the cruise stuff. Now, I think it's maybe a little bit more complicated than that. Yeah. Because I think Richard definitely got something from those people, too. Mm -hmm. I don't think it was totally just him doing a performance for 40 years. Right. But I think it was a little bit of that. Well, and the, the like 94 year old lady that he knew for like 30 years. Yeah. I find it a little hard to believe that, uh, you know, unless she's just a crazy old lady. That Look, all we learned from missing Richard Simmons is that Richard Simmons is a little strange. He's and a little didn't strange. We, didn't we know that? I'm probably more well liked than, you know, I yeah. have a more fond impression of Richard Simmons than I did before. He's definitely, definitely a complicated guy. You know, I yeah. hope he's okay. Yeah. That's all I'd say. I know. I, Again, I was a little let down by it. It was kind of like a long version of Mystery Show, wasn't it? I kind of got that impression from it, but Mystery Show was always lighthearted. Yeah. I wish that came back. I know. It's not I, going I to, guess I it got think. canceled. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's too bad. I was talking to, uh, to a friend about it, and he said... Well, it was probably expensive to produce, mm -hmm. but it's not like it didn't have a following. Like, she went on Conan. Yeah, I know. Starly Kind. I saw that. And her name's Starly. Starly. It does stand out. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, maybe she's just the first version of Dan Taberski, and the same thing will happen with Taberski. I finished the first draft of my book. Oh, did you? Yes. How'd that go? Fine. Yeah? I think it's 66,400 words. Oh, wow. I have edited seven pages so far. Now you rewrite. Now I rewrite. How long will that take, do you think? Maybe another few months. Maybe more. Yeah. I don't really know. And then I'll probably release it as a podcast cool. under, under the show show network. Sure. You know, the, uh, the TSSN. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. TSN is in the middle there somewhere. Yeah. Uh, TSSN. Well. Anyways, that's fine. We'll deal with it when they, when we will cross, they see, we'll burn that bridge when we come to it. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Um, that's all I got. Yeah, how long have we been going for? Uh, over an hour. I think we, we stuck the hour. Nice. Which I was a little nervous about, to be I think honest. It was, I think there was a lot to talk about comedy special-wise and other stuff. Well, and considering wise. we had no SNL to cover. That's true. I was thinking about it. You know, Alec Baldwin has said a couple of times now that he's going to stop doing Trump soon. Yeah. But there's only like four or five episodes of SNL left this season. So he'll just finish the he'll, season. He'll do the season. Yeah. yeah. And then they'll find somebody new over the summer. Mm -hmm. And it'll hurt less. It'll be less jarring to go from week to week with different Trumps. Well, and week. 
week to week this year, he hasn't been in every episode. No. He's missed like four episodes. If there's five left, he'll do it two more times, probably. Yeah. Uh, have you seen that they're going to air live on the West Coast for the first time ever? Oh. In 42 years? So Louis C.K. is hosting next. Yeah. Uh, and then after that, Jimmy Fallon's hosting. It's the first time they'll ever be live on the West Coast. So they usually run run the same thing over? Yeah, because it has to air on Saturday night, right? Like, right. But it's hours before. It would air right. at like 6 p.m. So it's not live on yeah, the West Coast. Yeah, I guess Coast. so. Um, huh. And so they've got Louie lined up and Jimmy. So they're just doing it twice. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Right. Because I think that's what they did when they did uh, that 30 Rock Live episode. Yeah. They did it twice. Yeah. I wonder if things will go differently. Probably. I wonder if I, when I download it the next morning, I'll get the West Coast. Which feed you'll get. Yeah, I don't know. And I wonder if it'll be made accessible. Like, hey, you watch the East Coast feed, but here's the West Coast feed. Do you remember who's hosting the season finale? I forget now. No, I, I don't think I ever knew. Uh, I can probably look it up really fast. I know Louie's coming up next and then Jimmy Fallon. Like this coming week? This Saturday? Not this Saturday. I think they have another week off. Oh, wow. I think they're on, I think they're on hiatus so they can just like drive it home for yeah. the last few episodes of the season. Uh, okay, we so, talked about Pete Davidson last week, right? Yeah, yeah, we talked okay, about that. Cool. So Louis C.K. is coming up, Chris Pine, Melissa McCarthy, and then Dwayne Johnson is hosting the season finale. <laughs> Melissa McCarthy is a big one. Yeah. Chris Pine seems like a bit weird. But you know what? That's exactly the type of person that will end up having a hilarious episode. Yeah, that's, that's like, like oh, you that's said about Octavia Spencer. Don't, yeah. don't discredit it. It might be okay. Exactly. Um, and maybe he's promoting Wonder Woman? Is that coming soon? Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what he'd be doing. Okay. Exactly. All right. Well, it's so goddamn hot in here. Holy crap. Yeah, I was really warm too. I think maybe I have different neighbors this winter because it's been, I never turn on the heat, but it's been much warmer in here yeah. this winter than last winter. Interesting. Uh, June 1st, though, I move into an apartment with air conditioning. That happens in June. Yes, sir. Did I tell you I signed that lease? Uh, I don't know if you confirmed that you signed the lease, but Becky I knew and I you co signed a lease so we can officially live in sin. Crazy. Yeah, we can domesticate. That's insane. Yeah. You want to know what's more insane uh, than you guys living together is my two friends that just had a baby this morning. Oh, that's amazing. Isn't that crazy? Is that really sketching you out? No, I, I think I'm the only friend who I'm like, like I, I was texting him today saying like, man, this is like the most emotional day of your life. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm like telling him. Biggest day of his life. Yeah. This is crazy. Yeah. Like it's happening now. Yeah. Meanwhile, I'm listening to a podcast at lunch and like eating chicken fingers. I know. And then I click back to it like, whoa, this is the biggest day of his life. I know. My friend I know. I often, I often think about that. Like how, how do you prepare yourself for, for selflessness? Like how do you, how do you know. get ready for not putting you first? That's what I, that's what I said too. Like you have this life forever yeah. like this extra life that you're taking yep. care you're of. now a father period yeah and he knows he's like yeah it's, he, he says it's very surreal today like this morning when it happened it was all very like emotional and yeah they the say fathers the don't really become fathers until they see their baby yeah have you heard that before yep and i think they like force them to do like skin to skin bonding yeah so you like take your shirt off and you just like lay with the baby yeah. on your chest that's nice yeah like he took a selfie of it, <laughs> which I think is nice. That's the thing people do. Yeah, that's what I've. I don't know if I'll ever have kids, but if I do, they'll probably be baby selfies. Yeah, I mean, there's cat and, selfies. And we're seeing Snapchats. 
of uh, Mira today, which is great. Mira? Mira. That's nice. Yeah. Oh, good for them. That's really, really nice. So last week you had good friends who got engaged. Yes. And this week your good friends have a child. Yes. Wow. And that isn't life crazy. <laughs> and I'm like, it's it's different, but it's not insane. You know, like, you know, I'm like, oh yeah. Like again, I'm eating chicken figures and listening to a podcast at lunch and both those crazy things happen. I'm like, my my world isn't changing. Yeah. And I think, your world never really changes unless something really bad happens. I guess so. Are you uh, saying or you that, have or you have a baby? Are you saying that once you have a baby, you don't get to eat chicken fingers and listen to podcasts anymore? Because that's a deal breaker. <laughs> I, I'd say you for sure listen to less. Hey, yeah. quiet down, baby. I'm putting the headphones in. <laughs> uh, I need to listen to Bill Burr's Monday Morning Podcast. Yeah, yeah. go fuck yourself. <laughs> Is that how he ends it? Usually, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Uh, well, I said the F word a lot. Mom's not going to be happy. About I, that. Ben, I actually came here today saying I'm not going to say the F word at all. We can't censor ourselves. The whole point of this podcast was to do radio without rules. That's true. And the only rule that we should be, but I, it disappoints me that I, you know, would ever say the F word to try to emphasize any point, but I don't sometimes know. you just I don't know if do I subscribe it. to that, uh, being articulate means you don't have to swear i don't think i agree with that okay neither do i but mama sweets probably does i've heard mama sweets say some oh, some nasty language before like what uh oh, say Lord, it. i don't i don't i don't know if i want to go there i gotta censor myself on our no rules podcast whoa can we <laughs> trust mama sweets you can trust mama sweets in, in a in a pinch you can always count on mama sweets there's no question mm-hmm. unless your mom is will smith you you can probably trust your mama, and he, conversely, doesn't rap doesn't uh, have a cuss in his raps. As oh, that's so interesting. M&M said. Yeah, see, that's another thing I don't trust. Yeah. He doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't swear. He says hell and damn. Oh, that's kind of edgy. But he doesn't. You know. So does Taylor Swift though. So drop those f bombs. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> All right. Have a good week. Peace.